another candidate for chief of Halibut First Nation. We speak with Peggy White about why she's running and what she wants to change. I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 190. Thanks for your support via patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. There are now two confirmed candidates for Chief of Halibut First Nation. Peggy White joins Jeff Sparks in a bid for the top elected position. Peggy White is our guest this week. And we welcome back to Mi'kmaq Matters, Peggy White, candidate for Chief of Halibut First Nation. How you doing, Peggy? I'm good. Good this morning. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, great to have a chance to talk to you about uh, your decision to run. Uh, let's first of all give listeners a little intro uh, about you. Uh, they might remember you from episode 170 of Mi'kmaq Matters back in March, celebrating the first anniversary of the Three Rivers Mi'kmaq Band, where you're the chief. And Three Rivers is in southwest Newfoundland. The Three Rivers, three rivers are Barishwa, Robinsons, and Crabs, and, um, and you're the chief out there. Um, people will also remember that uh, you're a lawyer. And, well, I uh, have a law degree. I have a, actually a master's of law in Indigenous people law and policy. Mm-hmm. I don't, I do not practice law for various reasons. Um, you know, the law has been used to harm Indigenous people uh, for centuries. And um, it's very hard to be a part of something that is so detrimental to my own uh, communities. And uh, yeah. you you worked uh, in Nova Scotia for a while for uh, KMKNO, which people might uh, recognize as the, I think we can call it the secretariat for the Nova Scotia chiefs and their dealings with um, Canada yeah, and it's, Nova Scotia it's, uh, and, their, and their treaty rights. Yeah, it's a, a tripartite agreement with the province of Nova Scotia, the chiefs and the federal government, and they act as a negotiation office for all the chiefs, um, and um, they they've had some great successes in moving uh, their needs forward. And uh, you've been back uh, in Newfoundland for uh, I guess a little over a year now, uh, back in uh, your area of Robinsons, and um, and one of the things you've done uh, at Three Rivers is uh, is start the trading post, uh, which is a um, I guess we can call it the uh, community store gas bar. And uh, as I saw when I was out there this summer, uh, a bustling spot there at the <laughs> intersection in Robinson's uh, Action Central out there. Yeah, and it's a not-for-profit. So any profits that's made in the store go directly back into the community in the form of, uh, you know, food hampers, medical uh, travel expenses, um, and we don't, uh, you know, uh, make any distinction between in uh, full status and self-identified because the enrollment process has been so uh, discriminatory against a lot of the families. So, so now and now you've um, 
<clears throat> made the very big decision to run for chief of Halibut First Nation. And tell us uh, why you're taking that step. I think there needs to be a change, a significant change. I think the, the way the structure is leaving the communities out, there is the people who work tirelessly and chiefs on the ground of, uh, you know, all the communities working out of their kitchens, hundreds of hours a week, um, being everything to people with no support. So I think there needs to be a significant change. Our communities are dying. Um, the average age, even in my uh, area, is over 65. Um, so we have a lot of seniors here. Our children are gone. Um and they're here alone and there's very few resources. We have no doctor, we have no pharmacy, there's no mental health. Um, there's a very little way in, in any kind of services. We're very rural. Um, most of our seniors worked um, um, seasonal work so they didn't max out uh, government CPP benefits. All of those things that make it um, you know, an easier uh, retirement um, and, and the people are poor and they're mm. suffering and we need to change how we restructure our communities that there our children don't have to leave, that there's people here willing to invest in our communities and, uh, you know, upwardly mobile, um, mm. that there's people here to take care of us. And, and, you know, in a very short time, our communities are being halved. And when, the 1984, there was, you know, over 2,000, uh, 2,500 people. There was 1,000 children in the two schools. Now there's 100. So mm -hmm. in a couple of years, um, as our 50% of our, our population over 65, um, you know, uh, it's going to be devastating for our communities. So we need to find a way to keep our families intact. It insulates it, it, it makes a stronger community for everyone. So, and what, what changes then would you work uh, as chief uh, at Halibu to, to have Halibu respond to those issues that you just set up? What, what, what needs to change at Halibu? So it, it is responsible as a first nation band to those issues that you've just described. Well, Halibu right now is a big bureaucracy and it doesn't, know the people in the communities. Uh, indigenous communities are made up of families that have lived together for ever. And we know each other, we're family, we're neighbors, uh, we help each other. Um, and we know, here, here's an interesting, so my daughter wanted to go on a, a trip and she needed a, a letter of recommendation from her chief. And that would have been at the time, Chief Mitchell. Chief Mitchell doesn't know my daughter. No way of knowing my daughter. She's just a number, one of 23 or more thousand people. Um, luckily, our community next to us, Flat Bay, um, it's her godfather's niece is, was a chief there. So I, I, she, know my, she knows my daughter. So we're connected we're connected. And without that connection, um, it doesn't function properly. So under 
hullaboo right now, um, the communities themselves are left out. So we need to bring the communities into hullaboo and, and make sure that the people on the ground um, have the resources they need to function. Because mm. we're, um, it's these little offices and, and, and chiefs in their kitchen who are helping people fill out paperwork. They're helping people um, access benefits. Um, many of them are senior. They're not online. Um, they don't receive the information. Um, you know, when you come to an, a small office in one of the communities, you open the door and you sing out, hello. While we, when you go into Hullaboo's office, you're met with a locked door. Mm. And that locked door policy is not Mi'kmaq. It's, it's uh, far from it. And um, we need to uh, acknowledge the communities and the people in the communities and all the hard work they, they do. And they need to be supported because they're the people that people go to, that our membership goes to. So, and organizationally, how would that uh, work? Do you see Halibut having outreach people in the communities? Is there some kind of funding relationship uh, is it a decentralization that. of uh, of the Halibut office in Cornerbrook uh, what what does it look like uh, well it doesn't tangibly? need to be it doesn't even need to be uh, decentralization it needs to be a support whether that's financially um, if that's um, sending out people with skills that can help that can bring knowledge information um, all uh, all the areas that um, the communities need. Um, so they have somewhere to go where they can access the benefits and advocate for them to Hullaboo or with Hullaboo. Um, so it, it's, it, it's, it's a question that's going to have to be, well, what are those resources? How do we make the communities feel connected? Because we do not feel connected. Um, uh, you know, the chief of Hullaboo, um, in my opinion, and it's what I would do is, you know, you have to make connections with the communities. You have to be in the communities. You have to see the people. You have to know them. You have to be accessible. You have to um, make sure that um, uh, the 90-year-old um, Indigenous Mi'kmaq grandmothers are, are having enough to eat. You have to make sure their lights are on. They have enough wood for the winter. Those are the things that I believe a chief needs to make sure. One chief cannot do that, but the, they have to give those resources and make sure that they're there to help the people on the ground. So there's that. And you, you also mentioned the, um, the perilous state of rural Newfoundland, including Mi'kmaq communities, uh, small towns like out your way where um, there are many seniors, not many jobs, and um, the young people have left. So does Halibu have a role in, uh, in economic uh, rejuvenation of rural of of our part of rural Newfoundland, and what what role could it play? I mean, obviously these are very big issues that the provincial government is grappling with through the Moya Green Report. So, I guess there are not well Newfoundland and, in, in all of its um, 
measures are are being hit hard right now. Um, it's imperative that we become sustainable communities. Very important that every community has um, an industry, uh, a health service, something that employs people that keeps our young people um, from leaving um, and, and, and making investments in our communities. That's the number one priority because without, with like I said, within a short time, if those investments aren't made, we won't have communities. Perhaps Alibu um, could start lobbying for a cell phone service and better internet in, uh, in communities <laughs> so they have basic infrastructure. Yeah, because we're lacking basic infrastructure. There's a few communities um, that have no access to internet right now. And um, there's also, uh, you know, uh, cell phone service is very erratic. Um, you can't make a drive from one end of the communities to the other and not have the phone drop off 10 times. So um, even those basic services are missing. So, you know, we have a long way to go. And um, Holabu, in my opinion, if I'm chief, will negotiate those on behalf of the community. Um, clean water, uh, you know, technology. Um, those are just basic needs at this point. And, and Holabu has the potential to be a large voice speaking on behalf of the communities. Now, another issue you're almost certainly going to have to deal with is enrollment. It has been three years since um, since the um, announcement of exploratory discussions between the feds and uh, Halibut slash Federation of Newfoundland Indians, and not much has happened. If you were chief, how would you deal with the enrollment issue? And do you think you could do a better job um, than... Um, the the previous uh, people uh, or is it um, uh, is it something that's um, that's very difficult uh, to deal with uh, with uncertain outcomes? You know, I'm hoping with my background in a, a law degree and a master's in law and uh, a, a degree in criminal justice um, and you know uh, working in indigenous um, jobs over the last you know 20 years and and i hope that experience helps me um with an own with an enrollment process that has harmed not only the newfoundland Mi'kmaq people emotionally spiritual spiritually and in respect as a nation this process has also harmed the larger Mi'kmaq community and all indigenous people in canada um, as you know, Indigenous people have endured and continue to, to endure discrimination and racism at every level of society. We're the poorest, lowest, we have the lowest education rates, the lowest health outcomes, the highest incarceration and incidence of child welfare files. All of these social elements together combined to diminish Newfoundland Mi'kmaq people. We need the harmful policies which serve to further the notions of us being less deserving, not equal to all other First Nations in this country. We need this policies to end. Despite every attempt to eradicate the Newfoundland Mi'kmaq people through assimilation policies, we are still being assaulted by the current enrollment process that has been underway since 2011 and earlier asking for recognition since the 70s. In the vein of reconciliation, it's time to put the smartest people at the table and settle once and for all the enrollment process. 
In the honor of the crown, it is imperative to restore the dignity and the respect the Mi'kmaq people of Newfoundland deserve and nothing less is going to do. When when you say putting uh, the smartest people at the table, there is uh, an implementation committee now that has the chief and um, uh, band manager, um, vice chiefs and another counselor. Would you bring in extra personnel or how would you um, uh, carry on those, uh, carry on that process? Um, so you have people and, and, and with best intentions, I believe sitting at a table with, you know, uh, what my father would have called, um, a room full of Philadelphia lawyers. (laughs) Um, and they don't have the capacity, I believe, to, um, negotiate on their own behalf. And, you know, it would be very difficult. The federal government, you know, goes into law schools and handpicks the smartest beans off the bush. And I think um, we need to have a couple of those little smart beans on our side too. Um, It's putting people who care. It's putting indigenous people who have worked their entire lives gaining the knowledge to right the wrongs. And I, I believe that um, it's imperative for the Holobu people to have people who are going to fight for them and only their best interests sit at the table with us so we can end the harm that's been uh, perpetrated against uh, all Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland. Now, you're one of the uh, community chiefs um, and... um... There are um, several other, as you mentioned, people doing work in the community on their kitchen table out there without uh, without resources. Uh, do you are you expecting that some of those community chiefs will be involved in your campaign, supporting you? Um, will uh, will we see them with you as the campaign for chief unfolds? I hope so. You know, I've spoken to the chiefs. I'm, uh, our community is a member of um, Narman, um, which is a group of, of our communities that got together to further our own needs um, in proposal writing and, and uh, benefits that we can access with no help from Holabu. Um, and, you know, uh, how we, many, how many uh, uh, bands are in that organization at the moment? Five. Mm-hmm. So uh, Northern Peninsula, Flat Bay, St. George's, uh, Three Rivers, Burgio. Um, and, you know, we work together um, to, uh, put to get per- put together proposals. Uh, Flat Bay is a lead on that. And, um, you know, they have many years of experience. Um, they work tirelessly to make sure that some benefits go out um, to different communities. Um, you know, even in this short um, time I've been here, Um, we've changed the way we look at food security. We've changed the way, um, uh, you know, access to benefits, Um, just moving forward to try to better the lives of people on the ground. And I believe, um, you know, through um, talks with uh, several of the chiefs that um, they're they're 100% behind, that there has to be resources sent out to the community. You can't the communities are what makes up Holabu. We had to have community 
um, affiliation. We had to prove it to um, be a member. And then the communities are left um, with no resources and no attention from um, Hullabaloo First Nations band office. Um, but it's the people out in the communities who make up Hullabaloo. And um, they've proven that they're here. They're proven that they've, their families have been here, that they participate. And, um, and then they come to a blank wall. So there has to be a connection made so that the people feel that they're really a part of something. And it starts on the ground. It starts in the little kitchens. It starts, you know, neighbors helping neighbors. And uh, without resources, um, the people get left out and forgotten. So we have about um, two months before, um, before people vote. And how do you plan to get yourself um, <clears throat> better known um, throughout um, Halibut communities? It's a big area going all the way to central. <laughs> um, um, well, I, I know a lot of the chiefs um, and I will be going on the road and going into all of the communities, meeting all of the chiefs, um, going online, um, you know, um, answering questions. Um, hopefully there'll be some debates um, that are live streamed um, and just, you know, reaching out to as many people, making sure that everyone has access to the voting process. Um, you know, uh, Jason Benoit is doing a wonderful job, Liz uh, Lasaga and, and Joanne Miles of making sure that all the people in their districts are signed up um, and have access to voting. Um, you know, those are important things. Um, I, I, I hope to cover the territory um, quite extensively over the next couple months and answer people's questions as honestly as I can. Right, Peggy. Well, thank you to you and, and all the candidates who are, who step up Um put yourselves uh, forward. I, it's, it's uh, a lot. Um, so um, we'll be uh, uh, watching for you out on the campaign trail. So uh, thanks for talking to us today. Well, Alan, and thank you. Peggy White, candidate for chief of Halibut First Nation. And as we mentioned, there is one other announced candidate, Jeff Sparks of Cornerbrook. You can hear our interview with Jeff Sparks on episode 168. And if you're a candidate or are thinking of running, note that the nomination period opens on August 30th at 8.30 a.m. and ends on September 10th at 12 noon. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Support our work via patreon.com or by email transfer, mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. And if you could leave a nice review wherever you get your podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emsit Nogamah.